The Old Testament reading is from the book of Exodus, chapter 28. Then bring near to you Aaron your brother and his sons with him from among the people of Israel to serve me as priests. Aaron and Aaron's sons, Nadab and Elibu, Elishur and Ithamar. And you shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother, for glory and for beauty. You shall speak to all the skillful, whom I have filled with the spirit of skill, that they make Aaron's garments to consecrate him for my priesthood. These are the garments that they shall make, a breastpiece, an ephod, a robe, a coat of checkerwork, a turban, and a sash. They shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother and his sons to serve me as priests. You shall make a breastpiece of judgment and skilled work. In the style of the ephod you shall make it, of gold, blue, and purple, and scarlet yarns, and fine twined linen you shall make it. It shall be square and doubled, a span its length and a span its breadth. You shall set in it four rows of stones. A row of sardius, topaz, and carbuncle shall be the first row, and the second row an emerald, a sapphire, and a diamond, and the third row a jacinth, an agate, and an amethyst, and the fourth row a beryl, an onyx, and a jasper. They shall be set in gold filigree. There shall be twelve stones with their names according to the names of the sons of Israel. They shall be like signets, each engraved with its name for the twelve tribes. So Aaron shall bear the names of the sons of Israel in the breastpiece of judgment on his heart when he goes into the holy place to bring them to regular remembrance before the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The New Testament reading is from the book of Philippians, chapter 1. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always, in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of, G of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. 
And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of God's grace. Early in the journey to the promised land, God's people came to Mount Sinai. It was there that God first established the priesthood. Going forward, priests would serve as the spiritual intermediary between God and his people, primarily in offering sacrifices on behalf of the people for the forgiveness of their sins. The tribe of Levi was designated as the priestly tribe, and Aaron, the brother of Moses, was chosen by God as the first high priest. And for the occasion of Aaron's consecration, God instructed Moses, make sacred garments for your brother Aaron to give him dignity and honor. And God provided specific details concerning these priestly garments. Among them was a breastpiece called a hoshan. It was to hang off the shoulders of the priest and to cover the area of his chest. And using gold, 12 precious stones were mounted to the breastpiece, arranged in four rows of three, ruby, topaz, beryl, turquoise, sapphire, emerald, jacinth, agate, amethyst, chrysolite, onyx, and jasper. And on each of these 12 stones were inscribed one of the names of the 12 tribes of Israel, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Joseph, and Benjamin. Now I want you to imagine the priest wearing the breastpiece as he served before the Lord but do not focus so much on the precious stones or the precious metal. Rather, focus on the names of the tribes representing all of God's people engraved on those stones. And I want you to especially take note of where these names rest in respect to the priest's body. Over which vital organ did these names reside? The heart. The names representing all of God's people lay near and dear to the heart of the priest. Coincidence? No. God himself said, whenever Aaron enters the holy place, he will bear the names of the sons of Israel over his heart. And for roughly 1,500 years, all the way up to the days of our Lord Jesus Christ, Whenever the priests offered up sacrifices of forgiveness on behalf of the people before Almighty God, he carried the people on his heart. This, my friends, is biblical symbolism at its finest. 
But that's not the full extent of the significance here. You see, what is beautifully portrayed in the priests of old as they symbolically carried the names of the people before Almighty God, we see the very same thing embodied by the one whom God sent to be our Savior. The writer of Hebrews declares, Christ came as high priest. He went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not man-made. He entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. And for this reason, Christ is the new mediator of the, of the new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. So permit me now to ask, when Jesus went to the cross as the ultimate high priest, whose names were on his heart? When Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them, whose names was he lifting before Almighty God? My friends, whenever you and I look at Jesus on the cross, focus on his heart. Because when Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice of forgiveness, your name and my name were on his heart. And this is biblical truth at its finest. Now, we could easily stop right here and be well pleased with this imagery. Jesus carrying our names on his heart. But my friends, there is more to this imagery here. By way of further illustration, also on Jesus' heart, was a man named Paul. Even though Paul framed himself as the worst of sinners, that one day Jesus came to Paul and made it clear that Paul, too, was on his heart. And this is a reminder to us all that no one is outside the realm of God's mercy and grace. So now with the name of Jesus residing dearly in Paul's heart, our Lord caused the heart of Paul to be endeared to something more, to the eternal well-being of others. In fact, Jesus himself said, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles. Again, remember, no one is outside the realm of God's mercy and grace. Paul had a heart for Jesus. And he also had a heart for others. Paul's heart had been ignited. He wanted everyone to know that their names were also on the heart of Jesus. And there came a night when Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And Paul's heart immediately went out for the people of Macedonia. So much so that a few days later, he made his way to Philippi, where there three significant encounters occurred. First was the conversion of a Gentile woman by the name of Lydia, along with her household, whom the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. Lydia then opened her heart, extending to Paul the hospitality of her home. The second encounter was a slave girl whom Paul delivered from demons, resulting in his being imprisoned. This leads to the third encounter 
the conversion of the Philippian jailer and his family. Just three encounters. But it was enough for the name of Jesus to find a home in the hearts of a growing number of Philippians. And my friends, it is at this point that a beautiful, heartfelt dynamic began to unfold. The blessedness of partnership. Paul held the Philippians near and dear to his heart. And the Philippians held Paul near and dear to their hearts. And together they embodied the heart of Jesus, wanting others to know just how near and dear they were to the heart of Almighty God. And it demonstrated itself in a variety of ways. First of all, even though the Philippians were a poor congregation, yet they determined to support Paul and his ministry. Paul writes, and you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. And when Paul returned to Philippi during his third missionary journey, the, the, the believers in Philippi learned that the church in Jerusalem was facing hardship. So they took up an offering and sent it along with Paul. Paul would later share their story with the Christians in Corinth. And he writes, out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testified that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And years later, Paul found himself imprisoned in Rome, facing trial due to his carrying the name of Jesus. And when the church at Philippi learned of this, they sent aid to Paul through a man by the name of Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus arrived in Rome with money and time. Money to support Paul's missionary efforts in Rome and time to support Paul personally in prison. This is biblical relationship at its finest. Paul was a blessing to the Philippians. The Philippians were a blessing to Paul. And together they were a blessing to countless others in the mission and ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's especially worth highlighting, not only was Philippi the first Christian church in Europe, but it also became the launching point from which the good news of Jesus Christ ignited and it spread throughout Europe. My friends, I want you to consider the names of those who are near and dear to you your spouse, your children, grandchildren, parents, siblings, other family members. Think also of the names of friends, co-workers, classmates, neighbors, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and people you just run into every day on the street. With what we see in the priests of old, with what we see in Paul and the Philippians, with what we see in our Lord Jesus Christ, do you see what God is calling us to do? He is calling us to carry their names on our hearts. So much so 
that we live with a passion by which they would be drawn near and dear to the heart of Almighty God. Especially on this day, I take these words of the Apostle Paul and I make them my own as I say to you, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. More than anything else, I want to see you in heaven with Jesus. Plain and simple, I want you to know that you are near and dear on the heart of our good and gracious God. And as believers in Jesus, we carry on our hearts the names of one another as well as others because we want to see them in heaven with Jesus. So with Paul, I give thanks to Almighty God for the joy of partnership with which he has blessed us in the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. And my prayer is that by his spirit, God would ignite us with a holy passion, that he would launch us into further ministry, because my confidence is that many more will count their place beside Jesus in eternity as we continue to partner in building God's kingdom by reaching beyond ourselves to bring others into this caring community. To that glorious end, my dear friends, let us now join our voices and our hearts as we take these words of the Apostle Paul and make them our own. So please join with me in saying, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. This is who we are, and this is what we do. Amen? Amen.